Hello, and a very good day to you. My name is Jim Harris, and this is Heritage Bible Radio. Heritage Bible Radio is an extension of Heritage Bible Church in Boise, where it's my joy to serve as the teaching pastor. Every day, we devote our radio time to studying a portion of the Word of God so you can know Him better through Jesus Christ and serve Him better through your local church. This week on Heritage Bible Radio, we're beginning a new series in the Gospel of Matthew. It's going to focus on Jesus' Sermon on the Mount, which will cover Matthew chapters 5, 6, and 7. This week, we're going to start out slow with just the first two verses of chapter 5. Pastor Jim will use this time to introduce and frame what is to come in these three rich chapters of Matthew. The scene opens with Jesus among a large crowd who had come out to see and hear this amazing man. And Jesus walks up onto some high ground in order to be better seen and heard and he begins to teach them in a way they have never been taught before. Here is today's slice of the sermon entitled, Blessed Now and Forever. He went up on the mountain and obviously said, come up here. And after he sat down, his disciples came to him. What is significant about after he sat down? Well, that's how a rabbi teaches he sits down and teaches. The exact opposite of, uh, of our culture. Here when the preacher preaches, he stands up. Uh, the rabbis sat down. So Jesus was following the normal pattern of his culture by assuming the posture and the role of the one who is in authority and who is going to do the teaching. Now in Jesus' case, his teaching, well, it was done like the rabbis did, and yet it was done so differently from how the rabbis did it. Jesus deferred to no one. Typically the rabbis, we can read about this in the, the, the record of the teachings of the rabbis, they would quote from each other, quote rabbi so-and-so, um, defer to one another, carry on these long um, back-and-forth discussions. Jesus didn't do that. And Jesus quoted no one in this sermon except God himself. He kept the crowd riveted on his every word. The, the, the majesty and the power of what he said stood out by such huge contrast to the rabbis that they were accustomed to. And wow, did it have an impact. Now, I'll give you a spoiler, a spoiler alert. If you go to the end of the Sermon on the Mount... Matthew chapter 7, verses 28 and 29. When he had finished these words, the crowds were amazed at his teaching, for he was teaching them as one having authority and not as their scribes. In other words, the scribes didn't teach as if they had any authority. Jesus said things like, well, you've heard it, was, it has been said. But I say to you, and he just spoke. What was it that was so captivating? Well, it says he opened his mouth and was teaching them. That's what spiritual um, maturity comes from. Open your mouth and teach the truth. Speak the truth in love. Reprove, rebuke, exhort with great patience and instruction. Keep doing it. Teach the word. Preach the word. Day and night. House to house. In public. In private. Jesus taught them as they had never before 
been taught. Now, here's what you can expect to learn in the coming weeks. The character of true repentance is not just words. It drastically, profoundly affects your life. You cannot dabble at Christianity. If you are a disciple of Jesus Christ, you belong to Him. You are redeemed. He is the, he is the master. You are the slave. Life, you're going to learn that life does not fit into compartments labeled sacred and secular. You don't switch back and forth. You live your whole life as a redeemed one, as a representative of Jesus Christ. You're going to see when Jesus finishes this sermon of sermons, He explains that there's only one way to heaven. And He says, the gate is small. The, the way is narrow and hard, and few are those who find it. He's going to warn rather strongly against the false teachers who, who lead many people down the, the broad way instead of the, the narrow way. I used to kid a pastor friend of mine who was called to be a pastor of a church named Broadway. Okay, I know it was named after a street. But for goodness sakes, read your Bible before you decide what street to name yourself uh, after. All right? Uh, At least pick, you know, Denton Street or Emerald Street or something like that. Like like where we... Don't pick something that says the the opposite of what the Bible says. Well, I used to kid him about that. He's forgiven it. Jesus even warns that not only is there the broad way and the narrow way, there are the many and the few. Many go down the broad way. And by the way, the sign over the broad way does not say, destruction, this way, all come. No, it says, heaven, this way. Come as you are. No, you can't come as you are. You have to come as you're transformed by Uh, the Savior. And he warns that there will be people who will go down that broad path and discover only way too late that they never knew Him. When He says, depart from me, I never knew you. So the master teacher closes the master sermon and he's going to lead you to understand there are two options. You can build your life on His words and you will be able to withstand anything. Or you can build your life on anything else and you will be ruined. Everything you've built will be washed away in judgment. The same choice is ours today. As we study this sermon, we're going to learn the crucial need of regeneration. You're going to learn you can't improve yourself enough to get there. You're going to learn your total need for a Savior, and you're going to learn to rejoice in that Savior. Oh, how rich this is. As we study this sermon, we're going to be pointed to Jesus Christ. We're going to understand His mind probably better than ever. And as you study this sermon, you're going to come to know what happiness is for a Christian. Uh, You know, the The first word of verse 3, you already know it, whether you have to look at your page or not, is the word blessed, which essentially means happy. You're going to learn what it means to be blessed. And if you want to be happy, 
You have to get it on God's terms. You come to Him every day. Happiness is not some mystical experience. It's not just some emotional state. It's not some elusive dream. It's as simple as understanding what this sermon teaches putting it into practice. Then you will know the wonders of God's grace. Then you will know that He enables you to serve Him to the fullest of your potential. Then you will know the truest, fullest sense of being blessed. As we study this sermon and apply it, I think you're going to be more motivated and more effective than ever in evangelism. Because as you live by the kind of life that Jesus calls you to in this sermon, you will have an impact. You will have a a life from which it is credible to speak the gospel that Christ died for our sins according to the Scriptures, that He was buried and He rose again the third day according to the Scriptures. There is a a brother in Christ, now with Christ. His name is uh, George Lawler. He was um, a... um, Bible professor at uh, Cedarville University back when it was Cedarville College. And uh, he had obviously been confronted. Maybe that same lady visited his church and chided him for quoting something that was irrelevant to Christians. So uh, he wrote a book called, subtly, The Beatitudes Are For Today. And he, he noted how the disciples came to Jesus to hear this sermon. And his point is that this is for those who want to follow Jesus. I'm going to close with a quote from George Lawler. He says this, Amid the extraordinary pressures, tensions, and frustrations of our time, it is Christ alone who has the proper words for our hearts. And it is the Lord alone whose message is all sufficient for the troubled minds of those who are seeking answers for pressing the perplexing problems. In all the universe, there is no one else in whom there is rest for the weary soul and life for the perishing sinner. Peter said, Lord, to whom shall we go? Thou hast the words of eternal life, John six sixty eight. It is to him that men and women of our day, as in Peter's day, may come definitely and expectantly for the purpose of hearing, not what they want to hear, but what they need to hear, without becoming victims of deception and seduction and not being turned away in a state of confused desperation. Next Lord's Day, Lord willing, blessed are the poor in spirit. You will find out what that means, and you're going to want to be poor like you never have. Let's pray. Father, thank you for this wonderful grace in which we stand. Thank you for this portion of your word. May you nourish our hearts through it. May you strengthen us for the tasks that you have for us as we open this famous portion from the words of your Son. Have your way with us today, we pray. May we be the kind of people who truly are the disciples, the ones who want to, um, the ones who want to learn at the feet of the Savior. So teach us as you would have it to be. Convict us as we need it to be, that we might glorify you. In Jesus' name, amen. 
If you would like this message on Compact Disc, let me know and we'll send it to you. You'll receive the entire message, not just the portion on today's program. You can order by phone at 353-4036 or by writing to us at 7071 West Emerald, Boise, Idaho, 83704 or on the internet at hbc-boise.org. Heritage Bible Radio needs your prayers and your financial support. Once again, you can reach us online at hbc-boise.org or by telephone at 353-4036 or by writing to us at 7071 West Emerald, Boise, Idaho, 83704. And if you need a church home here in the Treasure Valley, I hope you'll visit us any Sunday at 7071 West Emerald. For Heritage Bible Radio, I'm Jim Harris. See you next time. Bye-bye.